are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Mariners, your home for daily Seattle Mariners news and analysis. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today is Wednesday, December 22nd. 2021. I am your host, Titan Gonzalez, joined as always by my co-host Colby Patnode. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon where we talk about the Mariners even more and also get into some non-baseball talk twice a week. It's pretty much been non-baseball talk on some of the more recent shows thanks to the lockout and once again a friendly reminder that locked on mariners along with the rest of the locked on mlb network is now on a three shows a week schedule until mid-february so if you still want to hear from us five times a week be sure to visit patreon.com forward slash control zone and subscribe so you can get the two shows we post every week on there those will be coming on tuesdays and thursdays meanwhile we'll be dropping episodes of lockdown mariners every monday wednesday and friday and on today's show we're going to be answering some leftover questions from monday's mailbag we're also going to reflect on the 2019 draft class for the mariners arguably their best under jerry depoto and scott hunter If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. If you like what you hear, give us a follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this. We greatly appreciate it. So let's answer some of these remaining questions first. And we're going to start off with a a funny one from Alex Ledbetter 15. Who on the Mariners would you not let date your sister? Colby, because you actually have a sister and I do not. I will let you begin. Uh probably going to be Jake Fraley. Um, There are some off the field things about Jake Fraley that lead me to believe that he may not be somebody I want to hang around with uh, frequently um, or to be involved with at all for that matter. So probably Fraley is I'm saying no to that. Um, I, I don't know. It's probably like, what if the question was like, who on the mares would you most want to date your sister? Um, that'd probably be JP because I feel like JP and I could have a lot of fun hanging out. And so, um, yeah. uh, least like who would I least like? It's, it's probably, it's probably Fraley. Um, I just, I don't think that like I would ever want to be around that guy like ever. My answer is going to be Tom Murphy. That dude is uh, that dude is wild. <laughs> he is. <laughs> that dude is wild. Have you seen his face? <laughs> He's got those crazy eyes. Yeah, yeah. That dude gets up to uh, some hashtag shenanigans. So all I'm uh, saying is that is a dude that I would walk like I would walk into my place and turn on a light, and he would be sitting in the chair in the corner, being like. I have to ask you something like, whoa, okay. Um, yeah. Like I, I feel like I have, if I ever visited them or whatever, like, you know, maybe stay over for the night or something, have to get up, get a drink of water. I'd like run into them in the hallway or something and just like have a jump scare. It'd yeah. be like some music cue, like, you know, in a horror movie It'd be like, <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah, uh, Hey, Hey Tom. Uh, uh, uh cool you're going that way all right cool yeah have have, have a good night man and he would just like stare at me 
uh, <laughs> as I as I walk away, uh, and I just feel that stare just beating down my neck. I'm sorry, Tom, but I'm uh, going to go triple lock my door. You kind of freak me out. And if it sounds like I'm moving my bookshelf in front of my door, don't worry about it. I am just, just don't yeah. worry about it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Tom Murphy is my answer. <laughs> yeah, Thank you for good. the question, Alex. Um, again, sorry to those that we weren't able to get uh, to these questions for on Monday, uh, but we wanted to make that up, especially because we don't have a time to talk about right now with the lockout uh let's move on to cami boy here at cami boy underscore if uh the mariners miss out on trevor's story and chris bryant is a matt trapman matt chapman trade <laughs> matt trapman matt chapman trade next priority honestly it's a good nickname for for chapman um it sounds like he is the priority over chris bryant right now um it's I've, I've heard Chapman connected to the Mariners a lot more than Chris Bryant, honestly. Um, so my answer would be yes. Um, based on the reports that, that we, we do have right now, I think he is mm-hmm. probably their preferred option for third base. Um, seems like a mistake to me, but uh, it, uh, it seems like they, they think they can help him. So yeah, I would say probably. Yeah, my my pivot personally would be to Josh Donaldson, but if he's available, um, if he's available, of course. But that's just you know, again, just personally speaking, that's sure. where I would go next. Um, but yeah, it does seem like realistically, Chapman is that guy on their on their radar. He and like Colby said, he might be ahead of Bryant really in that tier list that the Mariners have in terms of guys that they're they're looking for at that spot. So. Um, you know, and who knows if story is even under consideration for third base for them. Like we've heard some things about that. Sure. But it kind of seems like second base is really the target there. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it's, um, we've talked obviously ad nauseum about all the, uh, the pitfalls of a Matt Chapman trade, the cost, the, the concern of, of his hip injury, the decline in offensive production over the last couple of years, all that stuff. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, it would be, uh, depending on what the cost actually ends up being, I think it's better to acquire Matt Chapman than, than come away from this offseason with nothing. But, again, that's very dependent on cost. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it, just a few other names I throw out for third base because this is not a good class um, of third mm-hmm. baseman in free agency or really on the trade market. Um, but if you're looking for other names besides those three, Eugenio Suarez makes some sense. Mike Moustakis might make some sense. Ryan McMahon might make some sense. Brian Anderson might make some sense. And, and kind of the pipe dream is, is Jose Ramirez would also make a ton right. of sense. Um, but it doesn't seem like he's going to be made available. So, yeah, not a lot of options out there at third base. So, yeah, Chapman might be the best of a bad situation. Yeah. We have another question about third base, but we're actually going to get it in, get into it in the next segment. Um, right now, we're going to answer a question from Aiden, who asks, uh, when do you think the uh, the Mariners would have their park get refurbished or get a new park entirely? I mean, the Safeco slash Timo has kind of been refurbished a few times mm-hmm. in like certain parts of it over the past you know 20 or so years. 
Um, but in terms of like a full like makeover, I don't know. I don't feel like it really needs that, or I feel I don't feel like it will ever get that because they are just kind of doing it piece by piece. So, right. I don't know if there would be like an actual like full on refurbish. Um, get a new park entirely. I kind of don't think I'm years. gonna. Be al- I kind of don't think I'm gonna be alive <laughs> when that happens. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Mariners ownership has talked a lot about making T-Mobile like, like Fenway and, and Wrigley and just like mm-hmm. constantly upgrading it. Sure, but like just making it the home that everybody knows for the Seattle Mariners for forever. Um, mm-hmm. And like part of that is lip service. I get that, but part of it is you know an understanding of how hard it is to get you know, public money for a stadium in Seattle, especially right, right. now. Um, and it's honestly, it's a waste because there's nothing wrong with T-Mobile right now. Like, and I, yeah. I don't mean like there aren't problems with, with, you know, the operation or anything like that, but it's not falling apart. There's no plumbing issues. There's no sewage issues. There's no facilities issues. It's, it's perfectly good right now. And it's still one of the 10 best ballparks in baseball. And, and uh, it's, you know, it's absolutely beautiful. And so as long as they keep continuing to, make these minor improvements every winter, uh, the ballpark is going to be around for at least another 30 years. Um, I honestly, I would be shocked if, if, uh, you know, anytime in the next 30 years, there's even a whisper about the Mariners getting a new ballpark in Seattle because T-Mobile is still state of the art. And it still is, you know, one of the five or six, 10 best ballparks in all of major league baseball. So there's no reason for it. Um, yeah, so I I don't think we're even going to hear a whisper about a new ballpark for at least thirty years, mm-hmm. and they they continually kind of refurbish it and upgrade some things. So that I would expect more of that, um, but it's it's pretty great as it is right now. So um, yeah, absolutely, it's uh, it's one of the better ballparks in baseball. How would you obviously. know, Ty? We're we're a bit biased, and yes, of course, I've only been to like three or four parks in my my <laughs> lifetime but hey I, I you know just in terms of visually uh speaking it's one of the best ball parks oh, it looks great in baseball yeah it's a right before park right before sunset Ooh, man <laughs> team yeah. was gorgeous yeah. in the twilight hours yeah those uh those seven o'clock starts midsummer mm-hmm. yeah Thing of that's beauty. uh that's pretty nice looks pretty great so when do we think the lockout is going to end? And do we think the Mariners could actually bring back Kyle Seager this offseason? We're going to answer that in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Lockdown Mariners is brought to you by Built Bar. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, even better than a candy bar. Built Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and it's high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. And there's so many flavors, you'll have a hard time choosing. Will you have a raspberry or mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream or peanut butter brownie? Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Or if you're just standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. So throw one in your jacket or purse. You never know just when you're going to need it. 
Want to cozy up with something warm? Here's a holiday secret. Dip your Built Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa. Let it melt a little and give your beverage a bit of that Built Bar flavor. Plus, you'll have a nice melty Built Bar to go with it. Just be sure to have a couple napkins on hand. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you get 15% off your order. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order at built.com. You're listening to Locked On Mariners. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. We greatly appreciate your support. Let's get back into these questions, making up for some of the questions that we missed on Monday's mailbag, starting with uh, Cammy Boy, who asked another question that we unfortunately were not able to get to on Monday. Uh, if you had to put your money on it, when do you think the current lockout will end? December, January, February, or later? Uh, hopefully as soon as possible, but it's definitely not going to be this month. Probably not going to be next month. I mean, they're, they're really not even set to reconvene until January. Um, so we'll, we'll see when they actually get together again. That's kind of important here because it's not, they're not going to hammer it out right away. It's going to take a while. So from that point, whenever they get started again in negotiations, I would say it's probably a month away from ending. But, uh, so I, I think Personally, I've kind of always felt that it was going to happen around Valentine's Day. So mid-February is my guess, but I could absolutely see this going into March or whatever because um, both the owners and MLBPA are just absolutely incompetent. So It kind of depends on how soon, yeah, how long it is before the players eventually cave and trade you know real sweeping changes for these minor tiny little upgrades that don't ultimately matter that much for them um so i would guess uh i I think sometime around valentine's day makes sense then they could have a a two-week free agency scramble and then they could start spring training a little bit later on march 1st but if you get to valentine's day uh, or you get past valentine's day uh it's going to start becoming pretty hard to get games in on time because uh, i think opening day is march 31st this year yeah so i mean spring training takes about six weeks and you want to try and condense all that down to three weeks all right that's mm, that's going to be tough so and you still have uh, free agency and all that stuff right a lot right. of free so, agents still a lot of mm-hmm. trades got to be made yeah yep so i i think you can't push it much further than valentine's day before missing games uh, starts to become a major uh, concern. And, and uh, that is going to hurt the players more than the owners because you, you don't get your paycheck in the offseason. You only get it in season. So um, yeah. that's probably when they would start to cave a little bit. But the owners are also losing revenue as well. So, um, right. yeah, I, I still well, don't... Especially if the season has to be shortened, right? Like if, if, yes. if games are impacted to the point where they're not going to be able to play 162, yeah, then that becomes... Mm-hmm. a a problem for the owners. Do you know how much money they, they make off of the uh, spring training games from like TV deals and all that stuff? I don't, Do like I think it, idea? I, I don't, I think it probably varies. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know because the Mariners own the root sports Northwest and they still only showed five spring training games last year. Right. And it's like, okay, that, that seems like a waste. So I, I don't know. 
uh, for sure. I can't tell you. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be enough that they would drastically like in either side would drastically cave because the players don't get paid for spring training either. Um, it's only the regular season that they get paid for. Um, although there has been a little bit of like, I guess there's been something where they get paid over like 30 weeks now instead of just like the 24 weeks in the regular season or something like that. But yeah, players really don't make money during spring training either. So, um, once major, once the official regular season is, is threatened, I think the, I think the players probably cave before the owners. Um, but for the good of the game, uh, they should really, really focus on being done by February 1st. But I, I think it's probably going to be closer to Valentine's Day. If I was betting right now whether or not they lose a game because of the lockout, I would still say no. But if we don't start to see some serious traction in January, I, I think that like if, if we still have like the sides met three times and it's January 28th and they only met for like 30 minutes each, then I think we can start assuming games are going to get canceled. And that would be uh, beyond stupid. But uh, yeah, it's kind of where we're at. All right, so uh, appreciate the question, Cammy boy. Let's move on to Red Elfs at Red Elfs on Twitter. Everybody says the Seeger bridge is burned, but I'd rather have him back and spend the money saved elsewhere before overpaying Chris Bryant, who peaked in 2016 and has subpar defense. Story's arm can't handle third base, and you have to give up good prospects for Chapman. So why not Kyle Seeger? Well, because Kyle Seager, like you said, burned the bridge himself. And so. not not for nothing, but if Chris Bryant peaked in 2016, so did Kyle Seager. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, good let's be perfectly clear about that. Um, Kyle Seager peaked in 2016 as well. Um, he burned the bridge. And so here, here's basically what I'll say. And this might come as a shock to Red Elf or whatever. Um, might come as a shock to other people, but me personally, I would not bring Kyle Seeger back on a minor league deal. I do not want him anywhere near my club. Wow. Get out. I'm done with Kyle Seeger. And you should be too. Kyle Seeger spent the last year basically trying to sabotage the Seattle Mariners and throw his general manager under the bus at every opportunity. He sold out for power this year. Didn't give a darn. Gotta watch my language about you know what his performance was going to do because in 2020 he was really good. He had a very good on base. He was still hitting home runs. He still was on pace to hit, I think 27 home runs. He was a pretty good defender that year. And this year, what did he do? He said, screw on base. I'm going to get what's mine. I'm going to try and hit I'm going to try and hit 40 home runs. I'm going to drive in a hundred. And if I hit 210 with a 290 on base, then so be it. Cause I'm going to get paid and I don't care how much it hurts my team. And Kyle Seager being as bad as he was this year, hurt the Seattle Mariners. And he did that for a selfish reason. That doesn't mean he's a bad person. I'm not saying that, but we did hear some issues he had in the clubhouse as well um, with the whole vaccine uh, debate. Um, He was not quiet about that. uh, And he was pretty aggressive in campaigning the other way, let's say for that. Um, I don't want him around. I think he's a bad, I think he is very well respected. And I think, you know, when all is said and done, he'll come back. He'll be a Mariners Hall of Famer. But I think he stained his legacy in Seattle. Um, and he's straight up lied uh, for the last few months. 
and continues to throw Jerry under the bus and Jerry just continues to take the high road on it. I don't want that guy around in my clubhouse. I don't care how much the other players love him. I'm going to pass. I'm not interested in bringing that back into my clubhouse for 2022. Um, Kyle burned the bridge Mm -hmm. and he got exactly what he wanted. And basically the only thing he didn't get is the Mariners responding to his kind of childish outburst. The Mariners didn't respond so that they could, they couldn't be made to look even worse of a bad guy. So that's the only thing Kyle Seager didn't get, but everything else he got exactly what he wanted and he can go play for Texas and win 75 games with his brother. And I don't want him back at all. Not interested. Well, there's also very clear declines and like the argument here from pro Seager folks that I hear all the time is, well, he hit 35 home runs. He hit a hundred. He drove in a hundred RBI. Okay. That's great. But what makes you think that's repeatable? Mm-hmm. Because you're already seeing declines in his ability to get on base and his ability to hit for average. He's getting older. The defense is starting to decline a little bit. That's not to say that he's a bad defender, but he's he's not, you know, a gold glover anymore. No. He's average now. And um probably slightly you know, maybe slightly above. Yeah. But like you add that with his issues off the field, whether it's with the vaccine, whether it's with his beef with Jerry DePoto, whatever. And, uh, and the, and the decline at the plate, I just, those three things right there, that's just, I don't have any interest in that. The Mariners need to get better. And yeah, if they don't like, they might not replace him with a guy that hits 35 home runs and drives in a hundred runs, but they, they're probably going to get a guy who gets on base more, who walks more, who doesn't strike out as much as he did this year, who, you know, does all the, the things that Kyle Seager doesn't do while also still being able to put balls over the wall to drive in runs still not really at the volume that he did this year, but still like, you're going to get a guy that's overall more, you know, the idea is at least that you're going to get a guy who's overall more productive than Kyle Seager across the board. Adam Frazier is better um, than Kyle Seager. That's a fact. That's, that's not a just opinion. in terms of value, just in terms of like, obviously they, they do it a bit differently than, than one Seager, another, but like, Seager has more power, but Frazier's mm-hmm. a better base runner. He makes more contact, gets on mm-hmm. base more. He's going to hit for a higher average and the He's defense a better defender at this point. Yeah. The yeah. defense even with Frazier going to play third, which he hasn't played, is going to be at least as good as Kyle Seager. Kyle Seager's defense is the most overrated aspect of his game. This year he was okay. Fine. Mm-hmm. Not great. Not elite. Not a gold glover. Just fine. Average at best. Mm-hmm. At best mm-hmm. average. Adam Frazier's better. The Mariners already have a better infield today than they did at game 162 last year. That's a fact. So you don't need Kyle Seager. Do better. And they already have. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we're running out of time here on this segment. So let's move on. Talk about the 2019 draft for the Mariners, which was, I mean, you just look at it. It's incredible. We're going to pr- put it in perspective for you because it's sh- honestly kind of striking when you, uh, when you hear the names that they, that they got in that draft class. Real quick, though, we're going to remind you that this episode of Lockdown Mariners is brought to you by betonline.ag. 
Bet Online has you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues to march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKED ON, that's L O C K E D O N, to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. So the Mariners just put out a video documenting their 2021 draft class and the whole process of uh, selecting the guys that they did this past summer. And it kind of inspired us to look at some other drafts of the Mariners, specifically 2019, which is just an incredible incredible draft class for Jerry DePoto, Scott Hunter and company. Let's just talk about some of these picks real quick. Let's just go down the list and I'll kick it to you, Colby round one, George Kirby Nuff said round two, Brandon Williamson Nuff said round three, Isaiah Campbell, obviously been a disappointing start to his professional career, but still a lot of potential there. I'm still a believer in Isaiah Campbell, Levi Stout, Top 12-ish prospect in the Mariner system right now. Tim Elliott, solid pitcher that might, you know, get in at the back end of a rotation someday. Austin Shinton, I'm sorry, Colby. Yeah. But Austin Shinton helped you get Diego Castillo. Yeah. Michael Limoncelli, who was honestly one of the more exciting picks on that day, coming off of Tommy John out of high school. He'll probably start pitching this year, too, and that's pretty exciting. Mm Mm-hmm. Adam Mako, of course, high spin right guy who the Mariners absolutely love, and he's climbing the ra- the ranks um, fast as hell. Ty Adcock, been a little bit disappointing here in round eight. Mike Salvatore, kind of irrelevant. Kyle Hill, kind of irrelevant. But overall, you know, Carter Benz, some of the, uh, let's just look at some of the other names here. Cade Marlowe, uh, Carter Benz, of course, was traded in the uh, Tyler Anderson deal. Um, Patrick Frick, of course, fantastic name. This was the draft of like amazing names as well. This was the same draft that they got Utah Jones in, you know, and uh, some of those other just 80 grade baseball names. Kip Rollins. I mean, fantastic. Trent Tinglestad. But <laughs> just, uh, you know, all jokes aside here, though, just looking at the sheer talent that they were able to bring in in this class, specifically with guys like Mako and Shenton and uh, Stout and Williamson and Kirby. I mean, this is a really, really fun draft class to look back on. Obviously, we haven't really seen any of these guys at the major league level yet, but the way that they, the Mariners have been able to develop them and the trajectory that they put them on over the last couple of years is uh, a lot of fun. It, uh, it doesn't get any better than this. Um, this is, this probably is going to be a draft class that's nearly impossible for any future DePoto draft classes to top. Because again, you just look at what they got at the top. You know, George Kirby has number one stuff. I mean, maybe even ace potential. Brandon Williamson looks like a number three. So with your first two picks, you've landed a top of the rotation arm and a mid rotation arm. Um, you know, Isaiah Campbell, probably a reliever, but got hurt. He still has some interesting starting traits. Uh, I wouldn't give up on him yet. He's he's a very interesting arm. He does have four pitches. 
smart guy, uh, can throw strikes, just needs to get healthy. Um, but mm-hmm. I mean, even if he doesn't, Levi Stout in the third, Levi Stout might have the best overall stuff in the in the org. Um, the changeup is elite. The fastball is getting up into the mid nineties, and even the breaking ball is is looking like it's probably going to end up being a third good pitch for him. Levi Stout might be a little bit underrated. He is very good, and and um, mm. by all accounts, if the Mariners have a package, a trade package that's led by Levi Stout, they are going to get an extremely quality major leaguer with multiple years of control. That's the word on Levi Stout. Uh, that that's how much other teams like him. That the Mariners might be able to get a borderline All Star for a couple of years for Levi Stout. So think about that. Um, Tim Elliott, just kind of a guy who honestly we're probably going to look up at in like three years and be like, oh yeah, Tim Elliott. Like he's he's been really solid in the Mariners bullpen. And and where did he come from again? Like he just kind of has that like that stuff where it's not like it's not terrible stuff, but it's just like. You kind of forget like about I said, him. He might sneak in at the back end of someone's rotation, whether it's in Seattle or somewhere else. Eventually, yeah, he's he's just a guy who's probably not quite top thirty, but he's pretty close, and and he's got some good mm. characteristics. I still think there's a really good shot he turns into something. Shen gets traded for Castillo, sad, but also to turn your fifth round pick two years later into one of the best back end relievers in, in Major League Baseball for three years of that. Um that's a home run pick, even if Shinton doesn't ultimately help the Mariners on the field. Um, Lehman Shelley is really fascinating. Like you said, Tommy John guy, probably getting ready to, to get back States or uh, to, to organize ball here uh, pretty quick. Adam Mako. Again, he's probably top 10 in the Mariners system right now. Really good. A lot of hype around him. The Mariners love the metrics on his stuff. Uh, the spin rates and the and the velocity and 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 all that stuff. They absolutely love Adam Mako. Um, and like you said, you mentioned some of the other names here. Um, Carter Benz got you a couple months of Tyler Anderson, which is extremely helpful. Uh, Patrick Frick is top thirty prospect uh, by you know by pipeline. Uh, Anthony Tomzak is still a really interesting arm. Logan Reinhardt mm-hmm. has really good stuff. Um, yep. Dutch Landis, Tyler Driver, Travis Kuhn. Those guys are all have some pretty interesting reliever upside there. Uh, Landis and Driver in particular. There's some really uh, fun things about their profile. And you, you snag Cade Marlowe in the 20th round who, you know, might be a major leaguer. Like, mm-hmm. in, that doesn't sound like much, but in the 20th round, if you get a major leaguer out of your 20th round pick, you absolutely crushed it. Um, it's funny, you know, you kind of you scroll down to the bottom of this draft and you look at a guy, Cole Barr, who they drafted in the 37th round, did not sign. Guess where Cole Barr is playing his baseball right now in the Seattle Mariners organization as a ninth round pick. Um, the Mariners, I mean, this is, this is great. Uh, just plain and simple. If you, if you like, if you like pipelines rankings, um, this draft class has produced one, two, three, four, uh, five, six of their top 30 mm-hmm. coming from one draft class. So I'm sorry, seven, seven of the top 30 come from this draft class. It's uh, it's pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's uh, it, like I said earlier, it's 
honestly kind of striking when you go down the list and you just think about the names. And again, obviously we haven't seen any of these guys at the major league level, but um, we're going to soon. Really excited to see George Kirby. Really excited to see Brandon Williamson this year. Brandon Williamson might be the most underrated prospect in the mirror system right now outside of Adam Mako. Maybe in all of baseball. Yeah, maybe in all of baseball. Brandon Williamson, uh, the fact that he's not a top 100 prospect consensus is probably a mistake. There's a non-zero chance. I mean, it is a mistake. Yeah. There's a non-zero chance he's Cliff Lee. Like, think about that for a minute. Like and that tall lefty who's not just a pitchability guy, right? Like he attacks dudes. Like 92 to 96, him. big looping yeah. curveball, throws strikes, fastball plays up. Like the the delivery's pretty clean. Like, yeah, Williamson Williamson's probably the number one prospect in half the organizations in baseball. And the fact that Pipeline has him behind Zach Deloach is an embarrassment to Pipeline. No offense to Zach Deloach, top Mariner prospect Zach Deloach for the meme, but that is a joke. For the meme. That is an absolute joke to have Zach Deloach ahead of Brandon Williamson. He's that good. So yeah, yeah. Uh, to snag him in the second, and then double it, double up, and you get Stout in the third. Like that is incredible value. And Stout wasn't a guy who people are like, oh yeah, he's definitely a a top one hundred pick, and you could make a pretty good argument that Stout's better than Williamson. So, yeah, the the Mariners crushed it. Yep. All right, so that is going to do it for our show today. Thank you so much for joining us here on Locked On Mariners. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidane Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. We greatly appreciate your support. And be sure to submit your Mariners trade proposals to us on Twitter or or via email at LockedOnMariners at gmail.com for Fan Fiction Friday. That's when you'll hear from us next. Now, make your second listen of the day, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. And just like us, their show is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you on Fan Fiction Friday. Peace.